This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, The Evolving Role of CRM Systems in the Wake of COVID-19. Sean Wendell is our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. We also have a special guest today joining us, Erica Wendell, principal of operations at ERP Advisors Group. On today's call, we will explore the evolving role of CRM systems in the wake of COVID-19, as well as how to find the right CRM to meet your needs. Erica and Sean, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for for being here. Sure. Thank you. So, all right. If you're ready to get to it, we'll just dive right in. Yeah, let's go for it. So, so Sean, to begin, can you provide an overview um, of what we are seeing with our clients as to why CRM systems are so vital right now? Yeah, it's, you know, the, 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 the realities of COVID-19 and the kind of the, uh, uh, the effects of, People not working. Yeah, the aftermath. I mean, there's a lot of words, pandemic, epidemic, you know, there's a lot of like, well, there's a lot there. But but the realities are is that um, life has changed. Right. And um, we'll we'll get back to a new normal. But what does it look like? Like I've been able to go to my client sites, several of them, but you know, we check in advance, you know, what, what are the protocols that are needed? And do we need a mask? And what do you do with all the rest of the stuff that goes with it? Right. And so Imagine if I was a salesperson who used to go right on site and, you know, knock on the door and yeah, there's a little sign that says, you know, no solicitation maybe, but I'd still knock on the door, which I've done in my life. Absolutely. And um, actually offered free accounting assessments Mm, at one point. That's how I wasn't selling anything, but I was offering something for free. It was great. Um, But, you know, if you're coming into a business to visit and you're not invited, everything's different. So, so that, that change as well as calling into a business is interesting, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you dial the 1-800 number and you ask for a certain person and that person's not there at that phone number, right? They're at home and they're on their cell phones. So, you know, there's a lot of adjustments that people have had to make, especially from a sales side. And when you see the behaviors need to change, that's when the software has to change, right? Software is just a reflection of how people do things and helps to do it better. Um, and so customer relationship management, specifically around um, on CRM, specifically around what we call Salesforce automation, which what are the tools that help the Salesforce to be more effective? They've had to kind of evolve, right? We talked about e-commerce solutions, not right, that, that while ago we weren't in person. So it's nice to be back in person for that. Um, for sure. I think we've got some sterilizer around here somewhere. Yeah. We'll kind of wipe it down <laughs> right. when we're done. Don't worry. Um, but, um, but now, you know, e-commerce makes sense because that's right in front of the customer. It's the website in there. But now in terms of managing that customer relationship from a marketing automation, from a Salesforce automation, customer service. Mm-hmm. So with a distributed team, right? If you have an internal organization that has salespeople here and there, you have customer support people that are all around, the marketing teams all around. To not have those centralized tools where you're managing exactly what's happening can can really be a disaster. Like talking to a client a couple days ago, used to very much having people, their salespeople at least get together in person a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a salesperson myself, I like to talk and I don't necessarily like to type. 
Um, so it's helpful when you can sit down and sit across the table. Right. We do a lot of sales meetings and a lot more happens when we talk versus looking at a pipeline report. So putting more rigor and um, kind of emphasis on the CRM tools now is especially important the bigger that the sales team gets. So so we don't want to be cliche and, and leverage, you know, the COVID-19 experience about why companies have to get CRMs in place, but the results of the change in the behaviors that everybody's having to go through, whether it's external customers and who you're selling to or internal, how we share information, it's, it's just made those functions more important to do it right and to get everybody on board with going through those processes. And, you know, the tools are, there's a lot of great tools out there, but actually using them is the most important thing. That's probably the biggest thing that I'd say right now. Because they were important before, but just that much more important. Now, That's right. right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. So, so Erica, um, thank you for joining us. It's yep. nice to have you. <laughs> thank you for so, having me. Yeah, of course. So, um, Considering CRMs, what functionality should we reasonably expect from any CRM? Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely a really good question. Um, you know, I am the front line for our sales team, and I, I um, uh, field incoming calls from many of our prospects who are interested in changing software. And lots of times that revolves around their ERP, but it does a lot of times spread, you know, up this upstream to the CRM or downstream to other parts of the organization software. So when you ask that, it makes me think of lots of different use cases of a professional services firm like ourselves versus like a really inventory heavy company where they're doing a lot of order management, purchasing, inventory, shipping. Um, so as, a, as, as, as like most basic sales tools, I think irregardless of what kind of industry uh, a person is in, um, you know, there, there's an ability to quickly access all your contacts in one place. And that you have a contact record, you have a company record, and you can detach the contacts from the company because like even in the five years I've been here, we have contacts that change, they've changed jobs routinely, not routinely. Right. But I, they I have. have. Yeah, we've had several clients who've been in a number of companies. So it, it, you want to be able to preserve the company as a somebody, you want to be able to preserve the contact because the companies, you have a relationship with each. So as I've vetted uh, CRM software in the past, that's like actually been really important. I need the contact and the company and I need to be able to marry them up or take them apart. So that's just like super, super basic. Mm -hmm. um, but even that, Erica, just getting the basics in, it's helped you to be more effective, right? So even though it's like a basic, it's like really like super important. Yeah, because, you know, John Smith, who was at ABC Company and now he left ABC Company, but I have all the history of the, of the different interactions on John Smith's contact record. And now he, oh, now he's at XYZ company. And I can remember, I can, I don't have to remember. Usually I can remember, but sometimes you start to forget. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about this situation when he was at his earlier company. So that you have a trail to kind of keep the, keep things going, which is also helpful as you're expanding and get bigger or you, somebody gets promoted and somebody else is coming in. They, they you know, life and business is moving too fast to go and get a, a you know, a, a download from the person who held the post before you to find out right. what's all the details about John Smith or ABC company. Yep. Right. Makes right. sense. Right. Right. Um, some things that are like really ind indispensable to me as the main person kind of driving the, the sales interactions has been um, like, honestly like a scheduling tool. And in, 
um, maybe I've not fortunately had not had to do the door to door knocking on the doors for this line of work. And we definitely have clients who do, but if they've had to shift to a different uh, mode of operation, like being able to rapidly and easily schedule somebody for a meeting, because expecting to reach somebody on the phone, the minute you call them, I mean, at least with our prospects and our clients, you're not going to just, it's not likely nowadays, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So making it easy, um, for your prospect to be able to uh, interact with you by providing a very easy interface of a meeting link. That is a key because I have looked at almost every meeting link out there and they are not all very easy to use. So being able to provide that so people can get on your calendar, yeah, I want to talk to you about that statement of work or I want to place that order. And so they know that they can reach you and they're not playing phone tag because there's a little exhaustion that happens over playing phone tag and the sales process Like the the thought that the person has it in that second that they want to do something about it. And if they run into an IT barrier or a phone barrier, you might have just lost it. Right. Or even through email. Like I know that I've experienced like 12 emails can be taken care of in two if with a good scheduling app yeah. that someone has access to without a that, doubt. That's such a good point because, you know, we've got clients that have like 100 salespeople Right. And we're worried about kind of this, okay, how do we do the reporting and the pipeline and how do we break up all the different qualifications for the leads and opportunities and da 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 da. But it's like if they can't schedule, they're they're like shot. So right. and it's even more important. That's such a great point. Yeah. Um, if you if you have a couple more minutes, sure, I have a couple other yeah, sure, ideas for things. So there is like 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 Sean just mentioned, the, the deal tracking or the stages and opportunities and that's kind of part and parcel with any CRM, but like having it in a way that works for your organization to visualize it and to administratively keep up with it is key because I've vetted a lot of CRMs and they aren't always that visually, you don't want to use it. I'd rather just keep it on a notepad if, or a whiteboard. So mm-hmm. it does need to be something that your salespeople yes. are willing to, <laughs> to uh, administratively keep it up so that the managers or the VPs or the execs do have the insight into it. So, um, you know, there, we, a lot of times when we meet our clients, the, the sales software has already been handled a long time ago and they're coming to us for the ERP. And, you know, the back office software is a little, um, it's later down the road to invest in, whereas CRM software, like that's your sales force and they've already invested in that up front. So there's usually like a culture already in place. And so, you know, when you are, if you are in the mode of changing software and, and the execs think it's time to change the software, it is a big change management point to make sure you're not going to pull away what's successful for the existing people just because you want to have the CRM now all in the ERP. So we definitely, definitely, definitely see that with the clients. Um, you know, you're like Salesforce is a very common one and you're not going to take the Salesforce away from the salespeople. We don't care if it would be better in the ERP. <laughs> so it's really um, just something to keep in mind if you're the one picking the software. Um, I think that ultimately like for like, like, uh, like, you know, 180 degrees different from our kind of company, which I haven't personally used, but definitely talked to hundreds of prospects about is um, being able to access the inventory, seeing the status of the customer's account. Mm -hmm. Like if you're selling to somebody regularly and it turns out that they're 90 days behind on their payments or they haven't paid in a while and you don't want to call them and like make the next sale and like maybe your commissions are dependent on them paying or, or, um, 
something along those lines, uh, maybe you need to be making a customer support call like, hey, you know, what's wrong? And, you know, I noticed that we haven't gotten payment. So the, the salesperson can help facilitate that if they have the insight into the order system. And, and uh, maybe that's not the culture for every company, but definitely has been something lots of clients have wanted to see. Yeah. And you want to be able to, it, some like we just um, talking to a company right now um, who put in a very um, robust order management and accounting system and literally spent millions of dollars just to have the salespeople be able to put the order in and it go into accounting and it doesn't even work right. Oh, no. Yeah. They want to be able, their sales, they have you know hundreds of salespeople. They want them to be able to look in and see what's in inventory, what's not. The salesperson actually puts the purchase order in to get the items in, in stock for the customers. So um, depending on your company's culture, maybe other companies, the salespeople don't go that far, but um, that could be something necessary for your CRM if you're trying to um, get a lot of orders in and out quickly. They were up to 200 orders a day. Now they can only do about 100 orders a day oh, because no. the system's not working yeah, right. We're, we've kind of come in and we're hoping to help them, right? It's a prospective client to us to come in and help them understand what happened. Like what, what's the breakdown? So you get like these behaviors that you want your salespeople to do and you need them to do, but then the system prevents it. It's like, that's not okay. Like, like that's unfortunately when people get fired and when the, the implementation partner gets sued. So I, that's that we're going to come in there. We're going to get a lot of sanity and hopefully if they hire us and, and we'll figure out exactly what happened and we'll just kind of like get through it. Right. And, and just kind of figure out what's happening there. That's great. Good. Anything else? You know, just one other thing, like um, like more, more of our technology-oriented clients, um, they probably do have a need in their CRM to, to track the contracts that the customer signed, mm-hmm. like a renewal items, yeah. renewal dates, and Good like point. adding on extra software items or extra users or those kinds of things. And so that's always a little tricky, like, is that in the CRM? Is it in a middleware? Is it in the accounting? Is it... So those are depending on your culture and like how responsive the... The salespeople need to be, you know, maybe they need it to be in the CRM. Maybe it's just in a document storage, but that that sometimes is um, like maybe like and more in the advanced in the life cycle of the CRM. We need to have all that in the system so we can monitor the contract items. But yeah. if it's needed, it's capable of being done. Exactly. The CRM. Right? Yeah, like if a customer buys software, if you sell software and the customer buys software and there's a maintenance contract, okay. well, that maintenance contract renews in like, you know, one, two, three years. So to remember <laughs> to call the customer back and say, okay, your contract's going to renew. Um, yeah, creating an opportunity even when you close the upfront sale, but an opportunity for a year from now so that that kind of cues the, uh, uh, the salesperson to look 10 months from now to get on top of that. So that's a great point. That's good. really good. Man, it's amazing. A lot of information. Yeah. Thank you for that, Erica. Um, so kind of speaking to that, I know um, on our recent calls, we've spoken a lot about data hygiene, mm. um, but it seems like it gets overlooked often when it comes to CRMs. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, yeah. You know, data hygiene is sort of like, uh, <laughs> I can think of many analogies and they're not very good, right? <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm getting a little bit older as a man, and there's certain things that need to be checked as you get older. You're like, what are you doing right now? Okay, fine. Check it. (laughs) It's sort of like that. But but it is like data hygiene for CRM is everything. Like 
Everything. We've learned that, right? Right. We, exactly. Even yeah. through our own uh, migration that you were a part of, right. where we went from one app to another. And um, right. we're now in HubSpot. And, you know, even now after six months, like, wait a minute, what is that? What is that? Oh, that's just bad data. Right. But there is a reality with data hygiene that is, I, I wish, well, that's why we do these calls. This is exactly why we do these calls, because I wish people understood this, right? Uh, just on a call today on CRM, helping a client migrate from their existing systems to CRM and a whole bunch of other stuff, right? And we're talking about data. And um, I, I know because I've experienced great projects and freaking hellacious data migration projects, like one we're in the middle of right now, not the one that we we're talking about today, mm -hmm. but another one that's happening. Yeah, we can get the data done. And six months later, we're still in the middle of it. And now we're talking about payments and who's going to pay the costs and everything else. And we're doing the right thing on that one, which is great. But, but here's the key thing is that you have to do data hygiene on a gradient. And, and what I mean is, um, and I really hope that everybody's getting this, is it seems so simple to say, I, I got all these contacts, I want to just clean them. You know, somebody go clean them. Okay, good. So you get somebody who starts cleaning them, and they're, they know the data only as well as they do. And then they may pass it to somebody else who knows less about the data, but they have the time, right? Because the salespeople don't have the time to do this cleanup, right? I mean, if I went to Erica and said, hey, Erica, you know, we've got maybe 5,000 contacts. Can you clean those up, please? Easier she's, said than done, She'd say, right? okay, do you want me to close deals or do you want yeah. me to clean the data, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, that's just a reality. And it's not because salespeople are a certain way or whatever, even though they kind of are. But um, <laughs> there is a truth to it. Even one of our fundraisers that we're, or a nonprofit we're working with right now, where we're pushing information or pushing requests to the fundraisers and it's impacting their ability to raise money. Mm. So, so what do we do with data, data hygiene and data migration in this? Um, you focus on the 20% of the data that's going to give you 80% of the value. So if you're, if you're looking at, let's just say a contact list, keep it super simple, mm -hmm. right? And you're in an old system or you've got some contacts somewhere today, right? Usually you can export that stuff into an Excel, right? And there's all kinds of fields that go with the contact. Usually there's a field that says last contacted date. Right. We have that in yes, ours, yes. right? A lot of these apps do. Sort it. So sort that newest to oldest. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at that, you'd be like, hmm, you know, most of these contacts, we haven't touched them for a while. But this 20%, we talk to these guys all the time. Let's get those right. Focus on getting those dialed in right. and perfect. And even if you got to call some people and find out what company they're at or where they've gone to or do they have new addresses, physical address, like we send a lot of fun stuff. So I'm going to put in a little plug here. Yeah. <laughs> when people refer us to um, to other folks that are interested in our services, uh, we give them a gift. Juliet, right. you run that whole program and it's amazing. And we give things from popcorn to wine to Buicks to no, right, Buicks, right. little Buicks, Buicks, right? Trips to Hawaii. Trips no, to, right. Not really. Like no, a virtual kidding. trip to Hawaii, right? right? Like Zoom trips. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but we do something that's really nice for folks. And I'll tell you, getting a physical address is not easy, it's is not. it? It's not. So, it's tough. Yeah. And we've mm -hmm. got a couple of people that refer us a lot. And so, you know, having those physical addresses is vital. So get those right. So, so you can't look at data as, um, you know, boil the whole ocean, right? You basically have to say, okay, this is the most important part. Let's kind of take this over here to the side, do whatever we need to do to get it 80, 90, 95% correct, get it correct. And then over time, you'll start Work working through some of the rest of it. It's so important. Yep. 
So, well, we have certainly learned that from experience. Yes, we haven't have, we? haven't we? We have. We have. <laughs> so, so, Erica, can you share with us some guidelines for determining what CRM is right for your organization? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I think it, it does depend a little bit on the stage of your organization. So... If, if you're kind of in startup mode, like I had somebody just this week contact me and he's got a small professional services company. I'm, I'm sure he's the one be running the CRM. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, you know, when it was just Sean many years ago, he wasn't going to run a CRM in the middle. He could barely get through the emails at the end of the week, you know, right. Right. much less, okay, I'm going to go put everything in a CRM over here. So um, I would say if you're in the very initial stages, literally Excel is just fine. You just need to keep an Excel or like a Google sheet to like track your contacts and the potential opportunity and the demographic data and start to see what it is that you're using so that you know what you want the system to do. Because if you don't even, if, if you don't really have a feel for anything, it is a little hard to go and look at different vendors and be able to differentiate them. It'd be overwhelming if you didn't know exactly what you needed, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we definitely help our clients with that. Like we have startup greenfield companies that come to us. We're going to be manufacturing and we don't know what the processes are. We need somebody to help us. Okay, we can do that. If you're out there, you know, a solo practitioner just starting, you, you know, you're not going to use our help for that. So that that's the very, very, very most rudimentary thing. Then, um, you, you, you know, like usually what happens with CRM, you kind of just find some little best of breed app that works good for a couple users. And now you get bigger and you sort of organically growing the sales force. And so you just end up with what you, what worked in the beginning. But if you need to like circle back and actually see what does the CRM need for us in this current strategy we're in or growth pattern or geographies, then um, you, you need to, even just take a step back from the brand of software and like, what is the type of solution? Like I need a type of solution because we're getting a ton of for, uh, forms from the website and we need a CRM that can process a lot of contact information coming in through our website and route it to different salespeople. So you might need more of a marketing automation that goes right into the Salesforce automation tool. Um, but maybe you're more e-commerce oriented. And so maybe there isn't a, I don't know if there's like usually a salesperson associated with the e-commerce orders, but um, then you need something that can work well with the e-commerce uh, tool. Um, but then there's just more, like some of our clients, they have like the same five customers. You know, they're not getting like a bunch of new customers. They're not going out and maybe they have opportunities with those five customers. They just need to make it easy for those existing customers to order over and over and over. So they don't even need all that pipeline tracking and marketing automation. So maybe they just need to get an ERP that has like rudimentary CRM. So you can just look at the customer's contact information, what they ordered last. Do you want to order the same thing again? You know, would you like to add something to it? So it's really simple. Like they just need a history of sorts, right? Yeah, that, right? that's exactly right. Because they could have those five customers that each do 10 to $20 million a year with the organization. These could be big orders. Right. But do you need the ability to track a lot of leads and individuals? That's a great point. Yeah. So it does just depend on the businesses. Um, um, you know, how robust, like, are you like doing one, a few customers to a lot of big orders? Or do you have a lot of leads you need to process and come down the funnel to get like a few and have a lot of inside salespeople processing that. Um, so it really just depends on how how you're using the software. I think that's a fantastic answer. You might see Erica on the next CRM selection. Right, Actually, go. that was right. amazing. <laughs> but, but it really is important, like you said, that 
you know, let's just kind of call a spade a spade in this space, right? When you hear CRM, you think Salesforce. And Salesforce is a great product. We have many clients that use Salesforce, but it's not the right fit for for some clients. We have some clients on uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 CRM, <laughs> right? We have other clients that are on different apps like HubSpot and even some other best of breeds that, that are in the marketplace like Sugar and that. And it, it really, CRM is such a funny place. I have to just dovetail on what you're saying that Unlike like ERP, that's very process centric. It's very data centric. Like, you know, we got to get this invoice and we got to get it approved. And then we got to get the, okay, CRM's a little more touchy, right? I think that's why Salesforce has done so well because they treated their customer as an enterprise sale different than, than it's a different sale for HCM or for, uh, for human capital management or for, for ERP. Right. So with the, I think you're exactly right that just know there's, there's lots of good tools in the market, but you do have to understand your needs and what it is, how your interactions with your customers and prospects looks like. And then you still may end up with a sales force, but it's optimized for the experience that you have. And things change over time too. And so having a platform that's flexible Kind of like you said, it's important to have that in mind too, but that's perfect. You're hired. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, yeah. Exactly. Because I get you to keep the job. You get to there keep we go. Job and we'll see you on the next project. There we go. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys for joining us. That was a lot of good information. Good, so too bad. Thank you for that. And everyone, thank you again for joining us um, for today's call. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, please let us know if we can answer any questions you have. We're happy to help. Uh, be sure to join us for our next call, Thursday, July 16th internal control over financial reporting with ERP. We will discuss ERP and financial solutions for Sarbanes-Oxley compliance, including automated internal control compliance, testing, and how to minimize the costs of such tests. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.